Welcome to the Church Office podcast. My name's Gavin Smith and uh, I'm involved with the Church Office and starting it and running it. And it's lovely to have uh, John on again with us. Welcome, John. Thank you. Great to be here. It's lovely. Yeah, John and I did a podcast on capacity that's available on the website and uh, really worth uh, diving into and, and having a listen to that. I haven't heard loads of people talking about capacity as church administrators, so definitely worth listening to. I've prepped John today to ask questions to him and uh, every, everything's on the table. We can ask him anything we like. And uh, first of all, just want to say thank you to all those who responded through the UCAN forum or through Facebook or personal emails or texts to say, I'd like to fire this question at John. So we've got 10 questions to ask you, John, um, a range of different things um, and uh, looking forward to kind of hearing your wisdom on it, mate. Not sure about that. We'll see how we go. Are you ready? Right, spotlight's yep. on you. And okay. uh, here's the first question. Okay, so the first question is, how do you protect yourself as a church administrator from burnout? And I need to say that Gavin has given me these questions in advance. I've had a few minutes to think about them before this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you could say so much about that, but three, three things occur to me. Um, mm-hmm. three, three key things. And obviously, all these have got to be fairly simplistic answers in, in, in the short time that we got available. The first thing, you save yourself from burnout by keeping your eye on the big picture. Now, that may sound a strange thing to say, but if I'm doing a, a sort of self-management course for ministers, we spend the whole of the first session on big picture, your life, your ministry, God himself and his plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And if you want to protect yourself from burnout, don't lose the big picture. Why are you here? You're a child of God. You're a disciple of his. Um and what is it that it, that your ministry is all about? Yeah. Um, keep your discipleship right at the start there. And that may need time out to think about this and to pray about it. Yeah. Therefore, for burnout, if you're absolutely panicking because there's so much to do, the first thing to do is to take time out. Yeah. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. it is the way to go. Secondly, um, Sermon on the Mount, a day at a time. Yeah. Um, sufficient unto the day, as the old authorised version is the evil thereof. Um, and if you know my to-do diary system, it's described in Article A51 in the resources section of my website. Yeah. What that does is put um, responsibility of a to-do list and engagements all together on one day, mm-hmm. on a diary day. And that means that you only give yourself in a day what you can cover in a day, allowing for interruptions and everything else. And that means you can, at the end of the day, put a tick against everything you've done, put a cross against things you haven't and move them to a different day and then go to bed with the day complete. Yes. Burnout comes because you never get through the to-do list. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do in that, in A51, Article A51 on the website, is to give you a means whereby it follows the Sermon on the Mount principle and you end up with actually completing every day, going to bed, and tomorrow is a new day. Yeah, that's helpful. That's why. So I have seen your article, John. I think it's excellent. So, yeah, good. And I think the third thing I would just say out of many possibilities is learn to say no. Yes. Too many Christians are too nice. Mm. And if they're asked to do something, they just always say yes. Now, there's, in, a, in a church administrator role, there are contractual positions, of course, where you have to say yes. Yeah. Um, but... Where can you say, yeah, are there things that you're actually saying yes because you want to be nice 
Um, and we need to remember that that will lead to that can lead to burnout. And if not to burnout in ourselves, to bad relationships with other people in marriage and children and things like that that need us. But big picture, dare to time, don't be frightened to say no, would be three of my top tips in, in that area. But fantastic. There's so much more I could say. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's brilliant, John. Okay, question number two, John. My senior leader is gracious with me but I find it hard to deal with my own mistakes and failures. So there's an awareness that they're getting things wrong and they're not applying grace to themselves. They're saying, can you help? How do we, how could we address that and serve somebody here? Oh, I, I really hear the hurt within that. Um, and there's this guilt there. And a lot yeah. of my work with, on self-organization is trying to help people get away from feeling guilty that they're failing, that they're not doing stuff uh, when they don't need to feel guilty. I think the first thing I'd say is list the mistakes you've made recently and analyze each one to thinking, what could I do to avoid making this one again? Okay, I've made it. That's the past. Mm. But for the future, what could I do to avoid it? So let's say you've spelt somebody's name wrong in, in the bulletin or the, the email that goes out to everybody each week. And they're furious with you because names are important. And you, yeah. they've got a strange spelling of, of their Christian name and you got it wrong. Yeah. So I would then think, okay, why did I get it wrong? Because I'm rubbish at proofing my own material. I, I know how to spell it. I just got it wrong or the autocorrect got it wrong or something like that. Yeah. Um, so how could I get around that? Ask somebody else to proof the bulletin before it goes out. Is there somebody who could proofread the stuff I've done, even if it takes another half hour and delays the process a bit? Uh, okay, let's do that and put that in place. So you're dealing with each little mistake you've made. Yeah. What can I do that's practical to get it right next time? Yeah. And you're just seeking on. So that's, I think, would be the first thing I would say. Um, obviously, pray about it. Yes. Are there reasons why you're making mistakes? If you're in a church office, is it because there's so many people coming into the church office and disrupting you that that's causing the mistakes you're making? Mm -hmm. What can we do about that? Does that mean the bulletin, if that's the still illustration to use, should be done from a different location at a different time of the week? Yeah. You know, can we do something in a systems way that changes the way we do this to avoid the mistake? Yeah, because yeah. I know that when I'm just trying to deal with reception facilities at the same time as do the bulletin, I'm liable to make mistakes. Yeah. So again, yeah. you're thinking about, could we change the system in some way? Yeah, that's useful. I think that's probably enough on that one. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great, John. All right, question number three. Uh, and these are all different random topics here. Um, how do you train the next generation for church administration? You know, oh, wow. I've never been asked that one before. That's great. How do we do I, this? I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and certainly we need the next generation taking over from people like me at my age. You're still Can young. I go back? Yeah, thank you. Can I go back to when I was a teen, late teens, early 20s? Yeah. And I was taught administration at a series of, of, of Christian holiday um, children's camps activities by a very gifted administrator. And, and I owe him so much. And what did he do with me? 
he saw something in me, got him, got me into the team with him, and then gave me huge responsibility at great risk to himself. Okay. And I mucked up once or twice. Okay. Those are in the days of ink stencil duplicators. I once put it, don't worry if you haven't even heard of these things. I once put an, an ink, um, inked up uh, wax uh, piece of material, all been typed up, onto his uh, briefcase, oh, forgetting no. the ink comes through on the other side and left the whole printed uh, address list, I think it was, on his briefcase, his leather briefcase. He forgave oh, me. Oh, no. He forgave me. Yeah, but he let me make mistakes like that because he was yeah. giving me responsibility. So the first thing I'd say is take risks, get ink on your briefcase, as it were, yeah, in whatever form that takes today. Um, secondly, I think I'd say expect them to do things in a different way from the way you've done them, and that isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Silly example, yeah. let's take UCAN. I handed UCAN over to a group of wonderful people, a new team three years ago, uh, four years ago, to take it on from me. And they've done membership in a completely different way. Yeah. Uh, high tech. I couldn't have done that. And I just rejoiced because I don't I couldn't have done anything like they've done, but they've done it in a completely different way. It's all automated now, it's all on church suite. It's fantastic. But I couldn't have done that. So I could have said, that's the wrong way to do it. Let me show you the way I've done it, and you can do it that way. And it would still be in the dinosaur age if they were doing that. But they've done it in a completely different way, and we need to expect that. But then thirdly, I think I'd add, share your enthusiasm, your passion for administration as a ministry for, for God's, in God's work. Yes. Just let them see that you're passionate about it. Yes. And that'll be infectious. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and there's opportunities in churches when we're doing events or something like that. And they are, uh, you know, a great opportunity to draw younger people involved, yeah. get involved in, you know, the whole thinking around an event, the, the running an event, you know, the after uh, evaluation of it, what we do differently. So, yeah, take people on that journey with you. Uh, diff- slightly different area. Yeah. I was in a church um, very recently where the, the, they're high tech in, in with live streaming and everything. They've got five, I think, cameras. You know, there's, there's a lot of investment wow. in tech. And, they've, and, and who was on the visuals and the sound back at the, at the sound desk and the visuals desk? Teenagers. Yeah. Teenagers were choosing which picture showed on the live stream next of the five cameras. We're zooming cameras in on things. Love it. Huge responsibility, huge yeah. responsibility for their yeah. church. They were trusting teenagers to do it, and it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, draw them into those things. Um, great. Okay, next question. Do you think there's a recommended length of time somebody should stay in a post? <laughs> do you want the short answer or the long one? <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> short answer is no. <laughs> no, no length of time. Yeah. yeah. The slightly longer one is... Um, it's a good question to ask, have I outstayed my welcome? And I would bring it up, at, if, you're, if you have an annual review, or even a six monthly review of your role, ask that question, have I outstayed my welcome? Because I know some administrators, I'm afraid, who have outstayed their welcome. Okay. Um, and are holding things back in a church. And they get to retirement age, but they still keep going. It's wonderful that they want to serve but actually it's causing problems. Yeah. 
and, and I'm asking the same about my own life at the moment, about retirement and things like that. Am I getting in the way of God's work in what I'm doing? And it's a question we all ought to ask. Um, and it may not be for retirement and issues like that. It may be sort of moving on to something else or handing over to somebody else. Am I stopping somebody else fulfilling a ministry role mm. by sticking here myself? So I would ask, keep asking the question and ask your friends and family. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, there's no... Um, some do it for a year or two, some do it for 10, 20, 30 years. It's wonderful servants of the Lord. There's no right answer. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Thank you very much. All right, next question. Aren't church administrators really church deacons? Why do people use a different name? That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's an unusual one. Hmm. Um, church administrators are church deacons. If you're going back to the pastoral epistles and, and, and taking the word deacon from there, hmm. Um, but normally we talk about a church administrator as a post and a formal mm -hmm. post in a church's, on a church's staff. You can't call them the church deacon because, again, the pastoral epistles know nothing about the deacon. Yeah. They have yeah. a team of deacons. If you're in a Church of England church, you have a slight problem here because a deacon is somebody completely different. Yeah, it's different uh, again, it's isn't it? Somebody yeah. ordained in their first year of, of, of ministry. Ministry, um, yeah. It's, it's a lovely word, a diakonos, the Greek word it comes from, a servant ministry. Um, so church administrators, I think, do fit pretty well into the, into the, the, the deacon category of, of 1 Timothy 3 and so on and so forth. Um, but I think to call them the church deacon would not be a correct use of biblical language. Yeah. The, the idea of a church administrator is something that, that communicates, people understand, an operations manager, a church coordinator, whatever you want to call them. You don't have to call them church administrator. Yeah, church managers, so, yeah, yeah. All sorts of different possibilities. That's great. Lovely. Yeah, it's a different kind of question, but uh, I, it's something that I'm reading into more. There's a couple of new books out about deacons, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a topic I'd like to talk more about and think about more, so... Yeah, excited to do that. If you want to, right. look more, if you want to look more at deacons, um, I'm just thinking, uh, have a look at article A46 on my website, um, which is called Redefining Management, and looks at what the concept, the biblical concept of deacon and, and how it applies today. Great. Lovely. Fab. Yeah, we can check that out. That sounds good. Okay, next question then, John. You're firing through these, mate. Legend. Um, okay, I always feel like I'm the person saying no to everything. Um, it creates tension, and I don't know what to do differently. So you've got somebody who's kind of the handbrake who's saying, oh, hang on, let's slow down or let's stop here. Um, and I guess we've all been in those sort of similar situations, and we as administrators, uh, dealing with the crazy ideas sometimes that come from the ministry uh, team they've got got another thought on how to do something differently um how would you input that there's there's a person behind this isn't there yeah, who's, yes. who's working in this situation and it's not easy that i love the, i easy. love the question because i'm not usually dealing with people who say yes all the time yeah create real problems for that so i'm teaching people how to say no i've been doing yeah. it earlier this morning um, but here's the other way around. And I know what you mean. You're the administrator and people say, you know, can't I take the key home for the weekend? Mm. Can't I do this? Can't I do that? And the answer is on health and safety grounds, on safeguarding grounds, um, on common sense grounds. No, 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 no. 
but you're the person, you're the office dragon or whoever yeah. to say all this. Um, I suppose I would just say, first of all, make sure that no is the right answer. Mm -hmm. I just, just need to say that. Um, and again, watch, it's not your perfectionism that's saying no. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it, it, it might be quite all right. So just try and say yes, if you can. But yeah. if you're there to protect legal, the legality of something, or the common sense of something, or the spirituality of something, you may need to be saying no. How do you say it? Can you say it with charm? Can you teach yourself to be charmingly saying no? Mm. Um, with humility, than, yeah, that's right. Rather, rather than office dragon saying no. Yeah. Um, can you explain the reasons? There's, there's a danger in it over-explaining because then they'll argue against you. Yeah. Um, you can't take the key home for the weekend because dot dot dot. Well, you can trust me, surely. You know, you've got to be a little bit careful. Yeah. But can you just explain? There is a reason why I'm saying no. Yeah. Um, what about somebody coming into the church office if it's an administrator, and, and putting their dumping all their stuff down, and just saying, "Can you give me a cup of coffee?" Hmm. Um, and if you say no, I'm here to work, that comes across very negatively. Yeah. If you say I, I'd love to help but i'm sorry my job description really doesn't allow me i've told i must get on and get this job done or else you won't have the, this done on sunday <laughs> is there anything you can do like that with charm and with a smile and yeah. i think a lot of it is actually person skills of how to say no rather than the the sort of negative um way of doing it it's great fun saying no with a smile and charm yeah yeah um, but he, I, again, unless I knew specifically what the issues were, it's a bit difficult to be more specific than that. It is. I think you, you're spot on there, isn't it? It's about how we say no. It's about how we engage with people around the kind of disagreements and trying to work out the practice for different things. The other thing you um, can do is limit, limit the availability. So if somebody says, I, I need to chat to you, say, well, I've got five minutes, but I will, I'm afraid at the end of five minutes, I must get back to this. Mm. And say it might have been 20 minutes if you let it go. But at the end of five, you say, no, we've had the five minutes. I really must get on because I, I've got to this visit. And, yeah. and they feel that they've been heard. They've been listened to. Um, their five minutes was sufficient. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't do that, it would be 20 minutes of your time gone. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? And I think there's um, there's been times where I've had to work through this with, with our team. Um, and by going through the process of saying no and working through the reasons why we said no sometimes, it helps clarify and actually makes the project or the event or whatever we're trying to do that bit better um, because they've got a broader understanding of where I'm coming from. And so I, I think um, that we need to make sure that the way that we do it is important, but also patience with the person that we are saying no with, yeah. isn't it? And, and that, that, that will make a difference into, into the end result of what we're trying, and it may sound trying silly. to do. It may sound silly, but actually you need, when, I, when I'm training people how to say no, who always say yes, one of the things I say is always use the word no. Mm -hmm. Some of us as Christians sort of curl ourselves up with embarrassment and say, I'd really love to help you, but I'm really in a difficult position here. And we can't get the word no out. I just find mm -hmm. it so much helpful to say, I'm sorry, the answer has to be no. Yeah. Perhaps for this reason. Yeah. Um, uh, tough. <laughs> <laughs> use the word no. Yeah. It's really yeah. helpful. Yeah. 
that's useful. And and the the in the kind of the taking longer to answer the question might be the thing that's bringing the tension as well. That just sometimes people need that that clarity. Say, yeah, yeah, no, I can do that. Can't do that. Um, great. Okay, next question then, um, relating to pay scales. Is there a recognised pay scale for church administrators and operations jobs for churches? Is, is there a go-to place, John, for this? Well, there is no recognised pay scale. Is, is the okay. first thing. Um, and that's not surprising because the churches are so different. The yeah, people yeah. employed maybe early retirement, maybe needing a full-time salary, maybe somebody you know who doesn't need that. Yeah. Um, so there's all sorts of differences. Having said that, uh, you can produce that. Okay. Um, Benchmarking survey. Okay. Yeah. 2019, which goes through a whole range of churches and includes sections on finance and salaries and things like that. So you could see what the benchmarking survey came up with. If you're a member of UCAN, mm. you can get that, you can buy that resource. And there were similar resources by Global Connections for this is agency salary survey. They've got a church salary survey. Some of those are a bit dated now, going back about six or seven years. Yeah. Um, but the, the basic answer is no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, the benchmarking thing from UCAN is great, but I think also they've got a service, haven't they, where they advertise church administrator jobs and the history of those jobs have got pay scales yes. attached to them. Yeah. And so you can look at job descriptions there that, that other people are doing and, and get some information to compare stuff to if you're looking to employ a church administrator or... Those, you, those tend to be more operation those. direction, more senior posts. Yeah. Um, the, the, the sort of ordinary church administrators often don't get advertised much beyond the church membership. Yeah, that's you're true. For a church member, if you've got an occupational requirement and you, you can have a church member. Um, but here again, I, I would say if, it, if it's that sort of level, I would try and peg it to what a local employment agency yeah. is offering for a similar yeah. level of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always looking for some, some comparisons, aren't we? So. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that, that answers that, John. That's great. Okay, next question. I need help chairing meetings. What are your top three recommendations? Can I have top five? Top five. You can have top five. Yeah, go for it, John. Yeah. Um, because I've got that on my website. Uh, yeah, how do you chair meetings? Hang on, this is a whole day's training event which I run. Um, so <laughs> you've got, you've got I've two got one minutes. minute, one minute to answer it. Um, What's I say is for help those who chair. Um, if you're chairing a meeting, it's a, it's a wonderful responsibility. I love doing it myself yeah. because you're trying to get to an output at the end. Yes. Uh, training notes 13, TN 13, in the resources section of my website is called a purpose statement for those who chair. Um, there is also a much longer article uh, on the website, which is article A5, which I liken the chair of a meeting to the conductor of an orchestra. And I work all that through. So Article A5 for the detail, Training Notes 13, uh, and the website for the basics. And the basics are C-H-A-I-R, mnemonic coming up, um, clarity. Your yeah. first job is to bring clarity to the meeting so that everyone knows where they've got to, what's going on. They're not in a fog. The discussion, you've clarified where you've got to, what's been agreed and what hasn't been agreed so far and where we're going to and what we need to do next. So clarity is hugely important. Harmony at C of chair, H of chair is harmony. We're working not in unison, 
you've got people with different views, different backgrounds, disagreements, that's fine. Mm. But there's got to be a harmony of bringing it all together so we all respect each other, love each other. Yeah, um, that's good. And work like that. Thirdly, agreement. You're trying to come to agreement on particular decisions on some items. It's no good just leaving it up in the air at the end of the meeting. Yeah. Once yeah. you've decided, we have decided to do this by this date, and so-and-so will be actually responsible for making sure it happens. Yes. You need to yeah. get to some specifics if you're in the chair. Yeah. And not say, oh, we've, let's just leave that one and move on. That's so demoralizing. CHAI involvement, can you bring everybody in? Some of the most wise people in a meeting are the people who say nothing. Mm. I do believe yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're in the that, chair, yeah. can you say, you know, Bill, you're looking intelligent on this. Do you have any view on this? Don't embarrass them. Don't put them on the spot. Yes. You might even say, yeah. Bill, you and I talked about this before the meeting and you gave me a really good point about it. Would you just like to tell people what that was? Yeah. But try and bring everybody in, and that's that good. may mean breaking into groups. There's there's all sorts of ways of doing break bringing the quieter member in, and then reviews. A chair should, but very rarely does, review the meeting. How did that go? How did we get on? Was that a successful mm. meeting or not? How's the year gone as a committee, as a group? Yeah, has it been a good meet a year? What do we learn for next year to get it better? Clarity, harmony, agreement, involvement, review. C H A I R. Brilliant, Five. John. Not three, sorry. Five. Well, you nailed it. That's great. Yeah. And and go back through and, and pull out those training notes from John's website. That's uh, that's useful. That's really helpful because we, we spend a lot of time in meetings, don't we, as administrators and, um, you know, or organizing meetings and helping to support those who also run meetings. So um, some, some helpful advice there, John. Thank you. Okay. Last two questions then. Here's one. Help. Help. Um, I have a challenge with my senior leader or manager who interprets governance and policy different to me. We can't agree. Um, and maybe a little bit of context to this. I think it's maybe related to some of the COVID guidelines of, you know, mask wearing and not wearing masks okay. and how we manage those kind of things. So I think there's some, there's some challenges there where a leader just wants to let loose and, you know, it's restricting our worship, so I'm going to get rid of all these restrictions. Um, what are your thoughts on that? How, do, how does someone approach that? I've been quite intrigued. I've gone from this weekend, this past weekend, from a church where everyone wears masks still to one where nobody wears masks, mm. even both. Um, yeah. And so this, this is a real issue. Um, but OK, but it could happen on other issues, too. It doesn't have to be COVID. Yeah. And, and it could be a minister with a laid back attitude to issues of health and safety. Yeah, or even, that. dare I say it, of safeguarding. And you yeah. as administrator are saying the law says, you know, we need to do it like this or whatever. Mm. I think it all depends on relationship. Yeah. Your relation. Do you respect each other? Um, if it's a senior minister, minister and a the administrator or an operations person, do you actually respect each other's views? Mm -hmm. Therefore, can you state your view to the minister and give reasons mm -hmm. and show it as a, as a well laid out? If they are your boss, if you are responsible to them, then at the end of the day, if they go a different way from what you would like, there's not much you can do about it. Yes. And in fact, yes. if you go around grumbling to the congregation, that can create problems. Yeah. 
that's not so good. there has to be yeah. a discipline of an employment yeah. contract here um but but don't get to that point until you've actually stated your case with reasons mm-hmm. and, and said to the person this is what i think we should be doing uh, it is my duty as administrator operations person or whatever to tell you this but the decision yeah. has to be yours yeah and if they then say, don't worry about masks in church when you're singing or something like that, and you would rather have the caution, that there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Um, but are there, there may be more subtle in, 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 reasons going on here. Mm-hmm. It may be a minister who wants to be in control and wants to make sure you're not in control. Or, you know, there, there could be underlying issues like that. Yeah, yeah, relational issues, yeah. yeah All yeah. you can do is, I think, take it to the Lord in prayer, um, and at the end of the day, you have to fulfil your requirements legally as an employee. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And there's not much you can do. But, but do it. But it depends on the relationship. If you have a relationship where there's respect, it's more likely for the senior minister to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think the, the, the point you make, John, about uh, responsibility is key here, isn't it? So uh, am I... You know, the trustees of our church are legally responsible for certain policy to be followed. And so I can advise and influence, but it's, it's their decision at the end of the day. They've got, they've got to hold that accountability. Um, and I have to somehow find peace in that, you know, that goes, OK, I've said what I need to say and I've left it with them and uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. And, and I'll get behind whatever else I can do to you know that doesn't just mean that i stop there right i'm not helping anymore but it's going actually i need to continue to support these guys even though they may not make the same choices that i would make here if i was responsible um so we we, we need to we're a control freak ourselves that's very difficult yeah yeah if we want to control just be aware there may be issues that in ourselves yeah take it to a close friend Don't, don't share this publicly but take it to a close friend or a family member explain yeah. the situation and just say am i being stupid about this yeah yeah absolutely right and i think your point about um not going around talking about it so you know you know you go around sunday saying well i wouldn't do it like this and it wouldn't be my recommendation but this is what the the pastors decided to do i mean that that's going to cause division and conflict yeah. isn't it which is uh, you know unnecessary yeah. and and not not what god calls us to do so yeah we but want it does depend we, on the issue and it, it I, does I be very general in this answer and i realize yeah that. yeah you're right if it's things like illegal issues of health and safety or, or safeguarding you know then then there should be you know we should be whistleblowing these things or we should be raising them and um, yeah that it really it really does depend on the situation doesn't it if it's if it's about uh you know having hand sanitizer you know at the front door or not having it at the front door having it somewhere else then you know let's you know there's certain things that we can let go and if, if you're worried about the legality, put it in writing. Um, make a statement to, to the to the senior to the pastor or to the trustees, whoever it is. Make, put it in writing. I, I I firmly believe that to follow legislation, we should be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. Then you're in the clear. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you're worried about the fact that there could be a, a, a legal case brought by somebody, and you as administrator might be held responsible, you're in the clear if you've got that in writing. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's helpful. All right. Last question. Uh, John, you've done amazing so far. We don't have enough volunteers to run a church project. Nobody wants to close it down. Um, but the burden's falling on me. I can't keep it going. 
So I'm just thinking about, you know, coming back from COVID before we were doing a project, everyone expects us to get it back up and running to where it was, but the support isn't there, you know, in terms of volunteers um, and it's falling on a staff member. So how do we help someone in this kind of situation, this scenario? Close it down. Close it down. Sorry, I will, I will, I will say more. Shut <laughs> um, it down. There, there is a theological view in churches that to start something up is success and to close something down is failure. Yeah. That yeah. is rubbish. We need to close things down to enable us to focus on what should be our priorities. Yeah. And many churches are trying to copy the big church, the mega church down the road and do everything. And we can't. Mm. One of the key um, points made by those who write on church growth is do a few things and do them well. Yeah. And so I think it's huge success when a church closes something down yeah. and waits to see what comes out of it. And, and that might be nothing or it might be something new emerges a year later. Yeah. If you can't cope, I can't keep going, I think was the question. The burden yeah. is falling on me. It's a burden. Listen to the language. We don't have enough volunteers to run it. All the signs are in that, in that question yeah. that yeah. this needs to be closed down. Yeah. And we don't want to. I know we don't want to. Yeah. But might it not be the right thing to do? Yeah. I think it does. So, it, it, so I was going to say, training notes 34 on my website, training notes 34, closing down a church activity, tries, oh, to, make, right? tries to make the point. Um, John, what, what training notes have you not got on your website? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't done lots of things yet. <laughs> I haven't done lots of things. Yeah, that, that's really helpful, isn't it? Because um, I, I know if, you, if you've carried a burden and you're picking up the pieces in the background, I guess it's, it's making known to folk, you know, who your line manager, that you are carrying it. Uh, you are carrying these extra things and they are becoming more and more difficult. Um, often we don't communicate those things early on. We, we kind of communicate them when we're at breaking point. So if you can, if you can get a conversation saying, look, the last few weeks it's been like this. Um, yeah. I want to make you aware of it. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm available next week, but I think we really need to take some time to consider if this needs to stop. And it's, it's, it's using that kind of language. And, yeah. and again, in everything that we've talked about, whether there's been conflict or disagreement or challenges, it's it's always about the way that we do it, isn't it? We apply grace to people, we give grace. We're suspicious about our own hearts and our own weaknesses, um, in order to, you know, we all want the same thing to advance the gospel, yeah. to support the church, yeah. and yeah, sometimes we have to make difficult choices and closing ministry down, like you say, John. And, and, and church is all about who we are, not about what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and some churches, you go to their websites, and what the first thing they tell you is, this is our program for the week. Mm. We're doing this and this and this and this. We, we're busy. We're busy. People use that word, busy word. But hang on. A church is supposed to be who we are, a congregation, yeah. an ecclesia, um, not about lots of activities. Yeah. Yes, we, we do things to enable us to be the people that God wants us to be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the activity program is not how our church will be judged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, mate, you've done 10 questions there. Um, thank you for those who sent them in, and, and we hope they're, uh, they're helpful. If we can help you specifically, if, you, if you've heard the answer and gone, I've still got a question, or I'd like to chat this through more, 
um, please get in contact with the church office. Um, and, uh, you know, if John's available and he's free, then then we can. But if not, I'd, I'd love to be able to uh, to offer some time and just to chat that through with you and encourage you if we can. Um, but don't be on your own in this, you know, and I think one of the messages of you can and you're a church administrator and um, get connected with that network uh, there where you can find peer to peer support. And, and all the things that we've covered today in the questions are things that, that many other administrators across the country have experienced at some point. Yeah, I mean, um, perhaps it's just worth mentioning in UCAN, they have forums, yeah. online forums, where this sort of stuff can be discussed. Yes, between administrators they're brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah it's a facebook forum and you can you can pop your question on and get some support and prayer so yeah these things are these are great so get in contact with the church office link up with you can if you're in the uk if you're listening to this outside the uk then um, then explore the possibilities of um, some of those other networks that might exist um but john mate thank you so much for your time and your wisdom it's lovely to be able to talk to you we love you at the church office and what Thank you're you. about and what you're doing. So uh, You're doing really... great work yourself, Gavin. Thanks so much. Uh, pleasure. So thank you for your time. Well, thank you for listening to the uh, podcast today. And if you've been on the video and you've been watching, thank you so much for doing that. Um, if you've got any questions, send them into questions at thechurchoffice.co.uk. Uh, keep checking out uh, the church office resources. Please look at John's website as well. There's a training note for everything, okay? Check it out. And, and all the ones that we've referenced today, you will find this a really, really useful resource. Um, so please do that. John, goodbye. Thank you very okay, much God for your bless. time. Thanks, Gavin. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.